to welcome you to the first day, not the first class, we're having both the classes today. <laughs> the first class on Bhagavad Gita at a glance, we'll be studying chapters 1 through 9 in the first part, and the second part will be chapters 10 to 18. So this is based on this book, Bhagavad Gita at a glance. We have copies if anybody wants to get one. Oh, you want one now? Yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, you see in your book there's a poster, and this poster is the whole Bhagavad Gita, all 18 chapters in one page at a glance, like that. And, uh, so it starts with chapter one, and all the sections are there, so you can see the whole chapter at a glance. And then chapter two, this, these first six chapters are called Karma Yoga, work for Krishna. And Krishna makes Arjuna fight for him without attachment. By meditating and fighting for Krishna, he becomes the greatest yogi, we find out in chapter six, down here. And chapter seven, 2.12 is about bhakti. It's the middle of the Bhagavad Gita. It's protected. It's like a sandwich. And what do you have? The best part of the sandwich is inside, right? So bhakti yoga, the, the middle six chapters are inside between karma yoga and jnana yoga. So then you get, that's, you get the tree uh, in the middle. In the middle of the Bhagavad Gita. That's... Uh, and so then the last six chapters are called Jnana Yoga, and that is to worship Krishna through intelligence and knowledge. So it, it, we analyze... Hmm? Yeah, I do. Okay. You have, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you can keep... Uh, uh, yeah, if anybody needs a book, you can. Okay. Them. You can also follow the same up on the screen as, as in the book. So now we're going to go to chapter one, part one. Uh, there, it's just before the battle of Kurukshetra. And Srimad Bhagavatam is after the battle of Kurukshetra. Krishna comes in uh, driving Arjuna's chariot and they chase Ashvatthama, who just killed his five sons of Okay, so we are now, now you go to chapter 1, I think that's page 12, and you see each of these, there's a lotus, hmm, there's no, uh, I don't have a arrow on this computer, it doesn't work, <laughs> all right, what to do, it's a map. You know how the arrow, it doesn't work, I mean, it's disappeared, actually. Uh, see, uh, yeah, sometimes PowerPoint. PowerPoint, mode. PowerPoint won't work, huh? I don't know. Okay, no problem. Everybody sets up. Yeah, I can't, um, yeah, okay, so I can't show you, but you just look on the, on the left side. That's my, that's my recorder. Oh, recorder, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. No, okay, so there's no mouse. All right, look on the left side. You see one lotus 
uh, with many pictures. And each of these pictures is a verse. So this book has a picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, yeah. So the first part is preparations for war. They are discussing who is on each side, which side is the strongest. And uh, Diodon is, is telling uh, that his side is the strongest. But, you know, if you go to the right lotus here, you go to the right, we have signs of victory. Look in the middle there, you see Krishna and Arjuna blowing their conch shells. And look up on Arjuna's flag, we see Hanuman. You see Hanuman up on the flag. That's a sign of victory. We're, and we've got Hanuman here, so there will be victory for this temple too. <laughs> and we're going to have lessons here. Another sign of victory is Krishna. He's, he's there. Wherever is Krishna must be victory. Must be victory. So that's your first lesson here. Wherever there is Krishna and wherever his devotee is, there must be victory. I'll ask you at the end of this picture, uh, what lesson did you learn? <laughs> okay, so he's going, I'm going to read from this book, verse 14. Both Krishna and Arjuna on chariot with horses white, with transcendental conscience, proclaim, we will win the fight. We are going to win. Because Dhritarashtra, the first verse, he was asking Sanjay, his secretary, if you look at the top of the left one, you see coming from the heart of Sanjay a picture. He's seeing the battle of Kurukshetri, he's seeing the battlefield, and he's telling what's happening. So Dhritarashtra was wondering if his sons were going to win. And right from the beginning here, it looks like not. <laughs> They're not going to win because there are signs of victory for the other side. Okay. Now, what lesson did you learn here in this picture? Uh, must be victory. Okay. They are going to lose. Now, left side top, Bhaktavatsala. Krishna is the friend of Arjuna. Arjuna is ordering Achuta. You see Arjuna in the middle of that lotus, top left. He's Ordering our, uh, Krishna, Arjuna is ordering Krishna, please place my chariot between the two armies. He's calling Krishna Achuta. Here's a lesson. Achuta means infallible. Infallible means Krishna never fails in his affection for his devotees. He's always there for his devotees. Even becoming a charioteer. So that's our first lesson. Krishna never fails in his affection for his devotees. Now, in the bottom lotus, we've got uh, doubts. Arjuna is having doubts. He's hesitating to fight. He's giving so many reasons why he cannot fight. I don't want to kill my relatives. I feel compassion for them. Uh, I, I don't want the throne. You see where he's in, in 31, he's putting his hand. No, I don't want. How can I enjoy without them? Fear sinful reactions, and uh, then we see in the left side of the bottom lotus, verse 36, all the aggressors that should be killed, and all these aggressions were done to Arjuna's family. So now we'll go to the top right lotus, destruction of dynasty. If we kill the people, then the dynasty will be destroyed, the women will have unwanted children, and, uh, and we will go to hell. You see, at the bottom there, there's uh, the Yamadutas. 
Um, and he's suffering in hell because he doesn't want to fight. But he says, if I fight, this is going to happen. But later on, we'll see what Krishna says about that. What will Krishna say? Now, if you don't fight, you'll go to hell. <laughs> we'll see that in chapter 2. Okay, now the second lesson. This chapter one is called Vishana Yoga, which means Yoga of Lamentation. So, Arjuna is lamenting. Lesson, if we forget Krishna, we will lament. If we think of our pleasure first, we will lament if we forget Krishna's pleasure. Yoga of Lamentation. Okay, what was the first lesson we learned here? Anybody remember? Have we given open this part two? Mm -hmm. Part two, yeah. Oh, um, Achuta, Krishna. Achuta, yes. Krishna never fails in He never fails his devotee. He will protect his devotee. Okay. And, yes, uh, the last lesson was what? Last lesson, anybody remember? Then we forget. When we, we forget Krishna, then we lament. We will lament. Yeah, Vishada Yoga. Don't do Vishada Yoga. I was doing Vishada Yoga yesterday because I left both my computers in Frankfurt security. So I'm 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 kind of in that mood, but this is helping me to get out. We <laughs> speak Bhagavad Gita. I will get out of my Vishadi Yoga at least while I'm speaking. <laughs> yes, Krishna will protect his devotee. There will be victory. Yes. Now we're in chapter 2, uh, which is uh, contents of the Gita summarized. First, left side is Arjuna's doubts and surrender. More doubts, more doubts, last arguments, full of confusion. What should I do? So then in verse 7, I'll read verse 7, he does surrender to Krishna. So let's see what verse 7 says. <clears throat> now I'm confused about my duty. Tell what's best for me, your surrendered disciple to you. I bend my knee. Lesson number one. To solve perplexities of life, approach a spiritual master. If you're confused, go to guru. You need a guru, that means. If you're confused about life, he will help you. Okay. So now we're going to, on the second lotus, we have first is, Krishna's first instructions. It's all about the difference between the soul and the body. And the sage, you see on the top there, he's not lamenting. Somebody died, but he's not lamenting. And then verse 12, we have always, we are all eternal. We are separate, eternal. And verse 13, in the middle, you see the change of body. The soul is going through all the bodies from baby to boyhood to youth to old age. And verse 14 is about tolerating. I'm going to read that verse. Happiness and distress are a temporary state, like winter and summer season. Just learn to tolerate. Tolerate. That's Krishna's first instruction. If you really believe you are a soul, you will tolerate. You're not the body. 
No. So this is the second lesson in this picture. One who knows he's not the body, but his eternal soul will tolerate. He will tolerate. Good. So, what was the first lesson we learned in this picture? What do we need? Spiritual master, yeah, if you're in confusion, if you're in bewilderment, go to a spirit, accept a spiritual master. And second, you need to learn uh, to tolerate, because we're spiritual beings. We're only here temporarily in this body. So, qualities of the soul, uh, next, part two, chapter two, part two, qualities of the soul, that's page 28. Uh, soul is never born. Here you see in the middle of the second lotus, they're trying to cut the soul, burn the soul, and wither it with the wind or moisten it with water. Not successful. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. When you get wet, you're not wet because you're the soul. <laughs> if you get burned, you're not burned. Only your body is burned, not you. So, I'll read verse 24. The soul is unbreakable, insoluble, not dried nor burned by flame, all-pervading, unchangeable, eternally the same. Okay, now on the right side of the picture, we have Kshatriya's dharma. So, Krishna is trying to convince Arjuna to fight because he's a Kshatriya, that's his duty. And uh, you can see in verse 33, if you don't fight, then you will go to hell. Verse that's in the right bottom, right, right, right side, verse 33. If you do not fight, you will, the Yamadudas will take you to hell because you didn't do your duty. All right, no lessons here. We'll go to part three, page 32. And Buddhi yoga. Buddhi yoga. Now in the middle there, what is that lotus all about? We see a river coming from Krishna. Krishna is the ocean of knowledge. But the Vedas are just like wells. Previously in villages, there were different wells for different purposes. One was for washing clothes, one for drinking water. And, uh, but if you go to Krishna, you'll get everything all in one. You'll get your drinking water, you'll get your water to wash clothes, you'll get so there's different kinds of knowledge in the Vedas, but they're very limited. If you go to Krishna, you'll get all the knowledge of the Vedas. Then if you go to the right side, devotional service liberates. You see in the middle there, there's a whirlpool. That's this material world. But the devotees are going out of the whirlpool. See, the devotees at the top because they're chanting Hare Krishna. That's the benefit of devotional service. If you go on that lotus, you see on the left side, top, near the top, there's somebody drowning in the ocean, looks like a devotee, and Krishna is coming to take him out. Devotional service liberates. Okay, I'll read verse 50. By devotion, you'll be free of good and bad while you're alive. It is the art of all work, therefore, for this yoga, strive. Okay, next, chapter 2, part 4, page 36, mm, higher taste on the left side. See that devotee? She's giving them simply wonderfuls. 
green ones. <laughs> I don't know, I guess mint flavor. <laughs> and they're forgetting about their meat, fish, and eggs. Yes, higher taste. I'll read verse 59. Yogis artificially stop senses while material taste remains. Devotees get a higher taste, automatically refrains. And so that is, that is what's happening. And the lesson here is sense control can be had only by higher taste. Higher taste. First lesson. Now, second lesson um, is oh, still on this, uh, on, the, on the right side now. On the right side, we have C in verse 64, like at the bottom left of that right side picture. Verse 64, we have... Krishna, again, taking devotee back to Godhead. Now, how is this devotee getting out? By following the regulative principles. So this is the uh, second lesson here. By following regulative principles of freedom, we can go back to Godhead. And then you see the middle of the lotus, there's an uh, ocean. Uh, there's, uh, and there's rivers going into that ocean. And what are those rivers? They're all different kinds of desires. And, but the ocean is not disturbed. So the devotee, when he's chanting, so many desires may come, but he has to be like the ocean and not be disturbed by those desires. Good. What lessons here in this, in this um, picture of the end of part, chapter 2? End of chapter 2. Follow regular principles of freedom, and you'll go back to Godhead. And what was the other lesson? Self-control by higher taste. Yes, very good. Yes, you're very, you're following nicely. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for listening. Now here, when you go to chapter three, part one, we have karma yoga. This is a chapter on karma yoga. And the beginning is, uh, Arjuna is confused. He's saying, you know, you told me about renunciation and you talked about devotional service, which is better? And the answer is, better work for Vishnu than artificial renunciation. I'll read verse 9. Just make your work a sacrifice for Vishnu's satisfaction. Detachment you will gain, and freedom from reaction. Sacrifice for Vishnu, yay. This is on the next side. On, oh, on the right side, I'm still trying to use the mouse, but that doesn't work. Sacrifice for Vishnu. Here we have what is the best sacrifice. Uh, there is a second lesson here. And you can see in the middle of that lotus, Harinam Sankirtan, best sacrifice. And demigods will be pleased, and they will shower everything on you. They will give you all the necessities of life. Right, so what was the first lesson we learned? By sacrificing Vishnu. That's, yeah, that's the second one. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, that's something. That's a new lesson you learned. There's lots of lessons. That's okay. <laughs> because uh, each verse is a lesson. <laughs> I just picked a few verses. Uh, do you remember any other lessons which I gave you? Harinam Sankirtan is the best sacrifice. That's a good one. And then the other one was better work for Vishnu than artificial renunciation. Okay, now we're going to have chapter three, part two, work as example. 
And here in the middle lotus, we have Maj Prataparuja sweeping the road in front of Jagannath Rasiyatra. So the lesson here, whatever a great man does, common men will follow. That's really important. Now on the right side, you see some people who are in the mode of ignorance having a demonstration. Krishna says, don't disturb them. Don't disturb them but try to engage them in service. So here the devotee, she's got ladus now uh, to give the, the, the people in the, in the protest march, uh, to give them a higher taste, yes. So second lesson, do not advise anyone to artificially renounce, but to dovetail his work for Krishna. Better to engage them in some service to Krishna. Okay, anybody know what the, I will read one, let me read one verse anyway, before I go on. Chapter 2, verse 27. Hmm. Bewildered by material modes, one thinks he does it all, but actually he is not free, but works by nature's call. Good. So, what... What lesson did you learn here in this welcome? What lesson did you learn here in this chapter? What do great men do, common men follow. What great men do, common men follow. And what else, what advice did Krishna give to the preachers? Don't disturb those who are attached. Don't disturb those who are attached, but engage them in devotional service. Use their work for Krishna. Yes, very good advice for a preacher. Okay, now we're going to go to chapter 3, part 3. Um, this is, uh, here we see, work for Krishna. You see Arjuna in the middle, he's, he's taking up his bow and the chains of karma are breaking. Then we see somebody else on the right side and the chains are getting stronger. They're watching TV and smoking and drinking. They're breaking all the regular principles. Then we see somebody at the bottom artificially renouncing yeah, the yogi, but he's, he renounces, he looks great, but then he's smoking marijuana there. Not good. So then the right side, conquering lust. Uh-oh, what happened? Oh, there, it's going, it's working. It's okay. Oh, you're going, okay, good, good. You can see better then? Okay. All right, so on the right side, in the middle of the lotus, uh, yeah, actually, we'll go to the bottom of the lotus. Here we see lust. We see lust sitting in the bottom. Where is he sitting? Senses, mind, and intelligence. Very difficult to get rid of him. But you can get rid of him if you look in the middle there. He's chanting Hare Krishna, and lust is running away. In the first part, lust is controlling everything. The sense is controlling the mind, mind is controlling intelligence. But here, it, actually the opposite, the soul is controlling intelligence, mind, and senses when you chant Hare Krishna. So, conquering lust. What is the lesson? Curb the enemy lust by Krishna consciousness. And I won't ask you that because you just heard it. Chapter 4, Part 1. And this chapter is Transcendental Knowledge.
Knowledge of Krishna in the first part. Here we see the top right, top uh, top left lotus on the on the top right of the left lotus. Now uh, we Krishna is instructing the sun god millions of years ago, and he's telling Manu Manu to Ikshaku, but in verse two the chain broke. So Krishna is instructing to Arjuna in verse three, "You are my friend and my devotee, so you will I will give you this knowledge." And I'll read verse 7. Whenever and wherever there's decline in true religion, I come to bring true love of God and stop all irreligion. So here we have the appearance of Buddha in the bottom left. And then we have Lord Chaitanya in the middle of the lotus. And everybody, even the demons, are chanting Hare Krishna. The lesson here is Krishna comes to protect the devotees and kill the demons. And Established principles of religion. If you understand his birth and activities, you will not take birth again. So that's the lesson here. On the right side, Krishna satisfies everyone. If you look in the middle of the lotus, you see if you want Brahman, okay, Krishna will give you. If you want Paramatma, okay, if you want to enjoy this world, Krishna will give you everything he will give you. Yeah. And then he, he describes the Varnashram at the bottom of the right lotus, verse 13. I created this according to quality and work, not according to birth. Quality and work. Right. Okay, so what lesson do we learn in here in this picture of chapter 4? This becomes to protect devotees. Protects, yeah. Krishna protect, comes to protect devotees and kill the demons. The Lord Chaitanya doesn't kill the demons, so he's very merciful. He kills the demonic mentality. Here you see, even the demons are chanting Hare Krishna there on the left side. Jai. We'll see you later. I'll be back. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, all right, we're going to chapter two, part chapter four, part two. Analysis of karma on the left side. It's very difficult. We see even the devotees. Very difficult for a devotee to understand karma. Here he's holding his head. Uh, and the right side, karma yoga and knowledge. How to do? Yes. So here we have a devotee keeping a sannyasi in his house. And the, on the right side, lotus. And the right, verse twenty-one and uh, discussing about Krishna. Krishna. Yeah. Harinam again is there. This is working for Krishna. Karma Yoga in uh, knowledge. And we go to the last part, chapter four, part three. Then, that's page 66. Now we have uh, sacrifice of knowledge. All the kinds, different kinds of sacrifice are there on the left side. Lotus, so many different kinds of sacrifice. But the best is sacrifice of knowledge. You see at the top of the lotus there's the Veda, sacrifice of knowledge. Well, if you want knowledge, where to get it? Go on the right side. Guru gives knowledge. There you see verse 34 in the middle. Approach the Guru and learn the truth. Inquire from him submissively and render your service since he has seen the truth decisively. Okay. And that is the lesson. If you want knowledge, approach a self-realized 
Guru. I'm going to read a little bit more about knowledge from verse 36. Even if you're sinful, if you stay in Gita's boat, crossing ocean of miseries very easily, you will float. Yes, that is verse 36. You see there's a little boat of Bhagavad Gita on the right side of yeah, verse 36. Verse 36. Okay, uh, what was the lesson here? Hmm? Uh, chapter 4, Part 3, yeah. Uh, approaching Guru. Approaching yeah. You have a lesson from another part? Uh, I wrote down in Part 1 that you have to be Krishna's friend and devotee. Uh, uh, Krishna comes to Guru Krishna, uh, Krishna comes to protect the devotee. Uh, the right. Very good. understand his birth and activities. Um, yeah. We can hear this so many times, and so we won't forget. <laughs> Don't forget Krishna, or else you'll be lamenting, like first chapter, Shadi Yoga. Okay, good, very good. We're going to chapter 5, part 1. Karma Yoga is best. Uh, because Arjuna got confused again, and he's saying, which is better? Because uh, one chapter, chapter 4, is about renunciation and knowledge. And chapter 5 was, uh, sorry, um, Chapter 3 was about working the wishes service. So now in chapter 5, of course, the answer again is going to be devotional service is best. I mean, they're both good, but uh, devotional service or work and renunciation are both good, but devotional service is best. And then we have the pros on the left side, karma yoga is best. So there we see in the middle, Krishna is pointing to Arjuna that he should fight. That's best. Instead of renouncing, you should fight. And if you go to the right lotus, the process of karma yoga, uh, and we see the devotee distributing books in the middle, that's the process of karma yoga. Nighttime, if you go to the right side, he's dreaming about Krishna and Balaram. And then at the bottom, just like a lotus, a, a drop of water and a lotus, like the lotus leaf is not affected, so the devotee is not affected by living in this material world. Right, so part two of chapter five. We've got one big lotus, no, we've got two, one small one on the left and one big one on the bottom and right. Soul and super soul on the left. We are going to learn a lesson here. If you look in the middle of that lotus, you see some devotees chanting Hare Krishna. Oh, that's after, let's go to 15. Next to that lotus, to the right, there's a there's um, a man, and he's he's looking at he wants he has some desires. He's seeing a car and a lady, and he's desiring to enjoy. So how does he get that desire? Now how does it get fulfilled? We see super soul in the heart saying, "Okay," and then he's going for it, and Maya will uh, fulfill that desire. Maya will fulfill. So super soul in nature, nature supplies the soul desires, super soul sanctions, and nature supplies. So this is, the lesson here is the soul is responsible for the reactions to his work. You can't blame it on Krishna. I was thinking, why did you make me forget my computer, Krishna? <laughs> I have to be, I know, I'm responsible for that. <laughs> But then I pray, well, Krishna, you carry what I left, so 
I like my computers. <laughs> so let's hope we can get them back. Right. So, so super soul in nature, that is the left side. And we did learn a lesson that the soul is responsible for reactions. Now at the bottom we have super soul meditation. I mean, there's the, the middle of the bottom is verse 29. We'll talk about that later. But at the bottom we see the yogi meditating and controlling his senses. The one he's eating prasad at the bottom, verse 23. Controlling his senses. And, uh, but in the middle we have the peace formula. Three things, three parts. On the left side, Krishna is the enjoyer. We have, uh, so right in the middle, there's this a big, big kind of picture, Harinam at the top of it. Now on the bottom left of that picture, we have a fire sacrifice. So that means uh, Krishna is the enjoyer. We're doing sacrifice for Krishna. And in the middle, we have demigods um, on top of different planets. Krishna is the proprietor. He owns everything. He owns everything. So if you have this mentality, Krishna's the enjoyer, Krishna's the proprietor, and on the top right of that picture, we see all these animals, but Krishna is our friend. Krishna's our only friend. So he is the enjoyer, he's the proprietor, he's the friend, and that is the peace formula, and that's the second lesson here. What is the peace formula? Verse, I'm going to read that, verse 29. Knowing me as Lord of planets, purpose of all austerities, well-wisher of all living beings, gains freedom from all miseries. Okay. So what was the first lesson we learned in this picture here? Soul is responsible for the work. Yes. Reactions of the work that he did. For the reaction, soul is responsible. Yeah. He's responsible for the reactions of his work. And the second lesson was peace formula. What's the peace formula? Krishna is the well proprietor. And he's the enjoyer and he's our friend. So nothing can go wrong if you accept Krishna as your friend. And he is your friend. He is our friend. He's all of our friends. Okay. Um, now, chapter 6, part 1. So on the left side we have Neophyte to Advanced Yogi. So Neophyte has to do work. The, see in the middle there, that's the Eightfold Yoga process. The bottom is the uh, bottom two levels are rules and regulations for those who are working. Then the third level is asana. So then you, you sit in your asana, and the fourth level he's got his hands up in the air, and that's pranayama. And then the next one is patyahara, bringing the mind back to meditation. In the last three, you are in meditation. You are meditating on Krishna. Yeah, you are a yogi. 
you're a yogi, and you'll fight to it. He's an advanced yogi. Yeah. Hopefully he's meditating on Krishna. Some yogis don't meditate on Krishna, but we're going to hear that that's the best meditation. At the end of this chapter, we'll hear about that. Now, if you go to the right, regulations of yoga, you're supposed to go to a secluded place, control the mind, fix the mind on super soul, but most important, you have to regulate your eating and sleeping. I'll read verse 16, 17. For one who is eating, sleep and work and pleasure regulated, by yoga practice constantly, all pains are mitigated. So if you want to be free from suffering, then you should be regulated. That's the lesson here. Regulation mitigates all pains. And you see there's a clock here uh, in the middle, two clocks, one on the top, the, the devotee, the yogi, devotee is doing different things during different types of the day, during spiritual practices, and uh, also sleeping at one point. And then at the bottom, he's doing different services during the day, uh, where the clock says 1.30, 1.25, yeah. Anyway, so this is, this is, uh, what, so what was that lesson we just heard about? Hmm? Regulated, yes. So what happens if you're regulated? Oh, free from your miseries, yes, yes. Yeah, free from miseries. So that's really important. Um, part, hmm, yes, question? Regulation is referring to doing at a particular time and also the right amount of... Yes, exactly. Doing at a particular time or doing it um, amount of time also, amount of time. Eating, sleeping, work and recreation, those four have to be uh, at certain times and for certain amounts of time. Right. Okay, now we'll go to higher levels of practice on the left side. We see that bird up there, that's Garuda. And what is he teaching us? Determination. This is a first lesson here. Determination is important in yoga practice. Determination. And we see that below Garuda there's a small sparrow. The ocean took her eggs, but she was determined to clear out the whole ocean with her little beak. She was so determined, Garuda came and said, I will help you. The ocean wasn't paying attention until Garuda came. Because Garuda could actually do it. He could actually dry up the ocean if he wanted to. So if you are determined, then you will be helped. You will get higher beings helping you in your spiritual life. You just have to try. Super soul realization on the right side. We see here the yogi is meditating on super soul. And uh, if you go to the bottom left, uh, Arjuna expresses a problem. He's, he says, the mind is like the wind. And Krishna says, yes, I know, but he will give him some way to, he'll give him some advice about that. To curb the restless mind is a difficult achievement, but it is possible by practice and detachment. So you see, there's one mind where it says mind, and Arjuna is saying, no, no, I can't do it. And then on the left, 
Krishna says, practice and detachment. So there he's trying, he's trying to control the mind with practice and with detachment. So this is a lesson here. Mind control is possible by practice and detachment. So that's important. Now, the last part, part three of chapter six, on the left side we have the unsuccessful yogi. Arjuna is worried. What if I take up this practice, but then I don't succeed at the end? What happens? And there's a picture of some clouds on the left lotus right side. You see those clouds. The clouds are just falling apart. He's saying, will that happen to me? Well, I become like a ribbon club. How are you both? She said ribbon club, she looks at me. <laughs> what? She said ribbon club, and she looks at me. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's always got nice humor. Um, so what will happen? It's showing here, uh, if you see the, the main picture on the left side of the left lotus, we see everybody chanting Hare Krishna, that there's a Harinam party going by, and there's a, uh, a couple there with a child, and the child wants to go join the Harinam. So this means the child had some devotional service in previous life. Previous life. He's naturally attracted, Krishna. So you will be naturally attracted. Don't worry. If you go to the left side of that load, it's verse 40. You can see that he, the Vishuddhas are going to protect you from the Yamadutas. Don't worry. Even if you do a little devotional service. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have one example of the Vishuddhutas. Well, it's not exactly the Vishuddhutas, but uh, somebody uh, who is protected from Yamaraj. There was one person who had a near-death experience and they were taken to Yamaraj. And Yamaraj was asking the history from his secretary, so, what is the history? Oh, so much sinful, uh, yeah, too much sinful activity here. So Yamaraj said, but anything good? I said, yes, one thing good. When the Harinam party was going by them, they waved, she waved to the Harinam party. And the whole court of Yamaraj went, oh. And Yamaraj said, how many times? Four times. <laughs> so Yamaraj said, OK, if I send you back, what will you do? I'll be a Hare Krishna devotee. <laughs> so yes, you will be protected. All, all that person did was wave at the Harinam, and they were protected from Yamaraj. They got a second chance. I got like Ajamila, he chanted Narayan in time of death, and he got a second chance. And so, whoever's sitting in this class will get a second chance. Um, <laughs> because you are hearing Bhagavad Gita. You're hearing Bhagavad Gita. So, topmost yogi on the right side. We have a yoga ladder here, starting Karma Yoga, Gyan Yoga, Ashtang Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. So the, what's at the top is bhakti yoga, and this is the lesson here. Krishna's devotee is the highest yogi. 
Does anybody remember the lesson? So this is the lesson here. Does anybody remember the lesson from the last class? Um, I'm putting the picture up here. If we can see, we learned something about controlling how to control the mind. Yeah. Practice and detachment. Okay, and what lesson do we learn here on this picture, last picture of chapter six? Devotee is the topmost yogi. Yeah, devotee is the topmost yogi. Good. Yeah, even if you're unsuccessful. Yeah, that's a good lesson. I should, I should include that as a lesson. Even if you're unsuccessful, don't worry. You will be protected by Krishna. Okay, we're going to chapter 7. Knowledge of the Absolute. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. Practice and detachment. Hmm? On a personal level, I have a toddler who's five, yeah, five, five years old. And we're trying to encourage him mm -hmm. in Krishna consciousness. Right. Um, he seems to take interest. In, he's, he's so you have a toddler and, and you're trying to encourage him and he seems to take interest. Yeah. So I, I understand that I've heard from many devotees that one should try to raise a child with some detachment. Is that not <laughs> clear? No. Okay. No. You should love your child. But um, when they grow up, you have to be detached. <laughs> and that's when the detachment comes, don't worry. Um, when they turn teenage, then they will have their own desires. And that's when, at the age of 16, then, then the detachment will, will start to come naturally. Um, and especially when they get over 20 and over 30. So your attachment will still be there, but they will be training you in detachment. <laughs> and, and in fact, my son says to me, when I get worried about him eating or something, he says, Mom, you're supposed to be detached, remember? <laughs> yeah, not when they're young. They need all the love they can get. But um, when something happens, then then there has to be detachment. But easy to say and hard to do. <laughs> yeah. No, don't be detached from your toddler. <laughs> I, I think the devotee who um, said that to me meant it in a way that even if they don't take their Krishna consciousness. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's true. That's true. Yeah, you have to... Yeah, I mean, that's what Gita says. Detach from the result. Like you can't force them. You can't, it's like you can't force the people outside. You can't force your kids either. They have to actually join when they get bigger. They have to join themselves to become devotee. You have to make that decision to become a devotee. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to chapter 7, part 1. Krishna is supreme. Yes. And we see here uh, in that lotus on the left side, on the right of the lotus, we see many, many people. So this is, uh, out of many millions of men, hardly one knows Krishna, hardly, very few want liberation. So we have a few liberated souls in the middle. Then, hardly one knows Krishna, that's the devotee up on the top there. Very, very rare among men. Uh, so, we're going to read verse... Seven. See in the middle there, we're going to read verse 7. 
and see if you can understand it. He's got, Krishna has a bunch of pearls in his hand. Those are pearls. And it's the whole creation inside those pearls. So, no truth is above me. Of all beings, I am the head. All things do rest on me as pearls strung on a thread. Well, that's Krishna. If, the pearl, if they break the string, Krishna's the string that's holding everything together. And these are, there's universes, there's demigods, there's uh, fire sacrifices, but behind it all is Krishna. He's holding it all together. And he is the one. So, now on the right side, Krishna is the essence. He's, uh, you see in the big lotus, he's the taste of water. Uh, and verse 8, the light of the sun and the moon, syllable Om. And he's ability in man. Uh, so he's all these things. If you taste water, you can remember Krishna. Now verse 14 is the devotee. I'm going to read it. It's at the top of the left lotus. You see all the bonds of the ro uh, ropes of the modes of nature are being broken and devotees going to Krishna. How does that happen? We'll read verse 14. These modes belong to me, so they're difficult to flee. Just surrender unto me, easily cross it, and be free. So surrender is required. If you surrender to Krishna, you're free from the modes. And that is the lesson here in this um, picture. Uh, yeah, that is the lesson. But you always learn lessons besides these. Okay, we'll go to picture, uh, part two of chapter seven, the impious and pious. Here we have the impious at the top left, especially at the top left, there's drinking, there's uh, the ass person, and there's the scholar who doesn't know anything. Yeah, Prabhupada in Russia, he visited Professor Potofsky, and Prabhupada was talking about, you know, karma and you get a reaction, and the professor said, Swamiji, I do not worry. After life, there is nothing. So anyway, he will find out what, <laughs> what nothing means. <laughs> you do suffer for the reactions of your misdeeds. So that's really important. Uh, now at the bottom middle, we have demigod worshippers. Oh, wait a minute. Let's talk about the good people here on the top lotus. Verse 16, those who surrender to Krishna. And uh, they have some desires, but that's okay. Better you go to Krishna. Verse 16, there's a lady top in distress, then somebody wants money underneath her. Somebody inquisitive with a question mark, and then to the right there's the sage. Or somebody who wants knowledge. So these four people do worship Krishna, surrender to Krishna, and become devotees. So then if you go right to the left of that, we see some bubbles with jnanis in there. And what are they doing? They're taking many, many births before they can surrender to Krishna and understand he's the Supreme. It takes many, many births. So that's why we should just surrender now. Save time. Don't take so many births. Uh, don't take so many births. So the bottom, demigod worshippers and impersonalists. 
so we have uh, somebody worshipping demigods at the bottom of, of the middle lotus. You see where, if you worship the demigods, you go to the demigods. You worship Krishna, you go to Krishna. And at the top of that, in the middle lotus, we have Lord Shiva giving three babies to somebody. And, uh, but behind Lord Shiva, there is Vishnu giving, giving those babies. And so Krishna says, yeah, uh, you should know that I, whatever they are giving is given by me alone. It's given by me. So then if you go to the right side, top, top right, we have freedom from bewilderment. Now this is a really nice place to be. Uh, but of course, Arjuna will have to fight to get that. That is verse 28 on the right, right petal of that lotus. He's, Arjuna is fighting. And I'm going to read verse 26. As Supreme Lord, I know everything, future, present, past as well. I know all living beings, but of me no one can tell. Good. So that is, uh, and then the last two is about many, many Sanskrit terms, which Arjuna is going to inquire about in the next chapter. We'll go to chapter A, part one, attaining the Supreme. Now Arjuna's questions, top left lotus, he's asking so many questions about Brahman, the demigods, karma, motor sacrifice, and how to remember Krishna at the time of death. And then in that lotus, Krishna is also answering the first seven questions. And the last question about how to remember him, that is in the middle. How to remember Krishna at the time of death and the devotee chanting Japa. And this is a, a really important. I'm going to read verse 6 here, chapter 8. Now we're on page 111. Whatever one will think of when his body, he will quit. That thought will always stay with him, and he will attain it. So how to think of Krishna? Remembering Krishna, what does it mean to remember Krishna? In the purport, 17 times. Prabhupada says, Hare Krishna, you chant Hare Krishna, and that's how you will remember Krishna. Sometimes Prabhupada puts the full mantra in the, in the, ver in the purport, sometimes twice. Sometimes he just says chanting Hare Krishna, 17 purports, 17 times. So that's a very important lesson here, uh, that remembering means chanting Hare Krishna. Uh, so also, whatever you think of at the time of death that you will attain. Now if you go to the right side, we have a lotus. In the middle, there's a yogi chanting Om. But he's thinking of Krishna, so he will go to Krishna. Yogis can go to Krishna too, but they have to think of Krishna. And they have to, to think of Krishna, they have to associate with a devotee of Krishna. And that's really important. And so Krishna, he's including everyone in his um, Bhagavad Gita, encouraging the yogis, encouraging karmis, encouraging the gamis to surrender to Krishna in their own ways. Okay, so what lesson here in this picture? Remembering means 
Yeah, remembering Krishna means chanting Hare Krishna. Very good, very good. Okay, we're going to go to chapter 8, part 2. Pure devotional service on the top left. Uh, since this world is temporary and miserable, Mahatmas always think of Krishna, so... Yeah, verse, that's verse 14. No. He's not going to Brahman or to the material world, he's going straight to Krishna. And they don't like to stay here. You see in the next, on, the, on that top lotus on the left, but, uh, the right, right side of it, there's uh, some man who looks like an old man there, having a hard time walking and he's suffering. So this material world means suffering. So better to go to Krishna who is up above this material world. Now at the bottom, let's see, oh here's the lesson. To be free from this miserable material world, one must always think of Krishna. And then you will go and then you will come back. So that's the lesson here in this picture. Now material and spiritual worlds, that's in the bottom middle lotus and we see the dark dark blue that's this world is naturally dark it's a naturally dark place if the sun weren't here then we would we would not see anything we would be in the darkness and uh, I'm going to read verse 21 the spiritual world now you see above the darkness there's a spiritual world 22 and 21 this, that world is called infallible, where there is never lack, and one who goes to my abode will never come back. So that's where we want to aim. We want to go to the spiritual world. It's eternal, eternal happiness, satisfying the soul. Here, the soul can never be satisfied. Now, if you go to the right top lotus, we've got different times. There's one yogi who's leaving his body in verse 24, and the right side of that lotus. And he's going to the Brahman. If you leave in the daytime, you're elevated. If you leave at night, you go to the uh, lower planets or to the moon planet. And you have to come back again. You have to come back. So, but then, if you go to the left, uh, verse 26, left side of that uh, lotus, we see uh, there's a devotee. You don't have to worry. Krishna says, don't worry about the different times. Don't worry. Well, that's actually in verse 27. Here, 28 shows there's two different times, day and night. Night, you come back, and if you leave in day, you don't come back. That's if you're a yogi, not for ordinary people. Ordinary people, they'll come back either way. If you're a yogi, then you can um, control your departure. But what about devotees? That's answered in verse 27, the top... Um, uh, left, left side of that lotus, um, that devotees don't work, Krishna takes care. So then, yeah, one devotee just left his body a, a few weeks ago. His name was Punyatama in Los Angeles. He was in, the hotel caught fire and he died in the fire. And uh, yeah, I was just reading yesterday, one of my friends was posting how she went to the cremation she, the ex-wife, and the daughter went separately to the cremation. And on the way, there was a place where they were hearing kirtan, and there were no devotees there. 
they were hearing a celestial kirtan. And uh, so my friend went back to that place and she heard it again. So three of them heard this kirtan going on. So even though it didn't look like his death was very auspicious, but it looks like he went back to Godhead. Because <laughs> it looks like the demigods were, were celebrating. When you go back to Godhead, everybody celebrates. The demigods celebrate. And now in the last, the middle of that lotus in the top, verse 28, is a lesson. No, there's not a lesson. Sorry? Yeah. No. Anyway. Devotional service includes all. You can make the lesson if you like or not. Um, because it is a lesson too. Uh, uh, so all the Varnashram is included in devotional service. And later on in chapter 12, we'll see the fast path. You can take a fast track. Like in the airport, they have a fast track. We are on the fast track. We are not going through the step-by-step -step process of uh, Shuja, Vaisha, and Shachya and Ramana. That takes many, many births. Be here for a long time if you want to take that path. Okay, so what lesson, what other lesson did we learn here in this picture? Yeah, yeah, think of Krishna. Then you'll go back to God here, right? Good, good. Okay, we're going to chapter 9. This is the last chapter that we'll do today. I mean, just in the first part. We're going to do all the whole Gita today. I keep forgetting, usually I do it in two days, in two, two classes. But it will be two classes, but together. Okay, so we're in chapter 9, Most Confidential Knowledge. King of Knowledge is the first part here. What's the King of Knowledge? Everybody's chanting Hare Krishna. Kirtan, Hare Nam. King of knowledge. And uh, I'm going to read verse 2, chapter 9. We're on page 121. This knowledge is most pure of all education, the king. Religion's perfection, the path of joy, gives realization everlasting. Now, the lesson here from this verse 2. Devotional service is joyful. That's really important because sometimes we do things and we think, oh, this is a burden. To chant my 16 rounds, how many more left? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I finished 10. Huh. I'm getting there. <laughs> no. Joyful. Should be joyful. Devotional service is joyful, so be in a good mood. And if you're joyful, that will cure your diseases too. What was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was reading one book about health and how all your diseases are called by a wrong attitude. And they gave the right attitude that I choose uh, that to allow all my, all my experiences to be joyful and loving. Yeah, that's to cure frozen shoulders as well. <laughs> but it's, it's Bhagavad Gita too. I mean, if you want to be joyful, then remember Krishna, do devotional service. 
chant Hare Krishna and you will be joyful. Right, devotional service is joyful. And then the second right part is achintya beta beta tattva. What does that mean? Although Krishna is everywhere, he's personally present in Goloka, simultaneously one and different. We see verse, the middle of that lotus, 10, that he's everywhere, but he's also, he's in Goloka, Vrindavan. Now that's more like verse 9. You can see here, there he's on the bottom left of that big lotus. You can see he's enjoying him in Goloka, Vrindavan. But down here, people are trying to enjoy, but they're just getting karma. So that's not good. Again and again, there's creation and there's annihilation. But the spiritual world remains as it is. It's never annihilated. And that's where we want to go, because we don't want to die. We don't want to die, no. The body will never die. He will go to the spiritual world and live forever. He will live forever. So Chintibeta Beta Tattva lesson, although Krishna is everywhere, he's personally present in Goloka, Vrindavan. And what was the first lesson we learned in this picture? Joyful. And what was the second lesson we learned in this picture? Although Krishna is everywhere, he's present in Yeah, although he's everywhere, he's Personally present, Goloka Vrindavan. He's always enjoying. Oh, I'm going to read verse 10 before I go to the next one. Uh, this great material nature is under my direction, producing all beings in creation and destruction. Right. Okay, so we see up here the new, newcomer. This is picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> and it's based on this book, Bhagavad Gita at a Glance, which it, everything is in this book that you're seeing up on, on the uh, this screen here. All right, we're going to go to part two of chapter nine, left side, devotees and non-devotees. So here we have some... Uh, Verse 11, Krishna is coming here, but the non-devotees are criticizing him and making fun of him. Uh, so what happens to them? We go on the right side, verse 12, all their good karma, all their liberation, all their knowledge is finished, because they think, I am God. That's what they think. So lesson here, atheists are frustrated in their endeavors while devotees are under protection of divine nature. If you go down, on that left lotus to the right, you see Radharani protecting Raghunath Das Goswami. So this verse 13 refers to Radharani. Radharani is in Bhagavad Gita. She's called Daivin Prakriti. Prabhupada quotes this in Nectar of Devotion. And Daivin Prakriti is Srimati Radharani. And devotees are happy because they take shelter of Srimati Radharani. And on the left side, we have different worshippers who worship Krishna indirectly. 14 is direct worship, always chanting, offering obeisances. To me, uh, devotees are eternally engaged in devotional service. Nitya upasate, nitya mukta upasate. 
Nitya Yukta Upasati. On the left side, verse 15, we have people worshipping Krishna indirectly. On the top is the Brahman, in the middle are the demigods, and the bottom is the universal form. It's, it's, it's in the shape of a dolphin, one, one aspect of universal form. Now, if you go to the right, it's also about universal form, and the top is that uh, Krishna says, I am the sacrifice, and he says, I'm the Vedas, I'm Om, I'm Brahma, I'm the demigods. I'm, verse 19, I'm immortality and I'm death personified. So this is Krishna. He is the form, he is the, uh, what the universal form is about. And what lesson did we learn? Did we learn a lesson? Yes, we did. What lesson did we learn here in this picture? Devotees are happy as they take shelter of Krishna. Yeah, they take shelter of Krishna. And? Radharani. Radharani. And what about the atheists? No, nothing. They don't get anything. No. <laughs> yeah. I was reading a near-death experience also. One atheist died. Had a near-death experience. And he was, and he, he was, you know, the Yamadudas were getting him. He couldn't see them, it was they were invisible, and he was suffering. And uh, he heard a voice saying, just pray, but he didn't know how to pray, because he never prayed in his life. So he said the national anthem of, of his country, <laughs> and that helped. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, uh, yes, we want to worship Krishna. Uh, Hare Krishna. Universal form. Now the end of chapter 9, demigod worshippers and devotees. Here on the left lotus, and you see different demigod worshippers are going to the demigods. Those who worship spirits go to spirits. Those who worship uh, people of this world go to there or stay in this world. Those who worship Krishna go to Krishna. And then you see up on the top right, if you Study the Vedas, you go to the heavenly planets, and, uh, uh, but you don't stay there, they come back down. See, they're falling into the material pool there, that's the pool of material life. The atheist is falling in, and the demigod worshippers are falling and coming back here. Uh, but if you worship Krishna, uh, he would make up for what you lack and protect what you have, and that's the lesson here that he will take care, that Krishna will make up for what you lack and protect what you have. Okay, we'll go to the next, last part of chapter 9. This is called Pure Devotional Services, all one lotus, left, right, and middle. Here we have in the top right, we have, uh, one offers me a fruit, a flower, a leaf, or water with bhakti, I will accept it. Verse 27, next one after, on the bottom of the devotee offering, is we have a whole family worshiping Krishna. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you give away, you should do as a sacrifice for me. And then in verse 29, Krishna says, I'm the super soul in everyone's heart. So I give what everyone wants, but for the devotee, I'm a friend. We got super souls are special friend. 
He will protect us. And then if you go to the bottom left, we see a devotee who somehow forgot Krishna. He can't, so he can't forget, actually. He's got Krishna's lotus feet in his heart, but he's breaking all the regulative principles. So Krishna says, no, um, I will protect him. I will pick you up. Sometimes devotees make mistakes. He picks them up and makes them pure. So here Krishna's coming and grabbing that devotee back to his um, association, association of devotees. Then if you go above that, we have the women, shudas, and vaishas. They will also go back to Godhead. It uh, doesn't matter what your birth is, you can do pure devotional service. And uh, the end, the last verse, always worship Krishna, think of me, worship, and uh, worship me, manmanabhavabhatovajaji, worship me, manmanaskara offer obeisances, and you will come to me. You will come to me. So that is verse 34. And that's the lesson here in this chapter, in this, in this picture. So I'll stop here if you have any questions. And uh, you can ask at this time. In the previous picture? Oh, okay, previous picture, yeah. One more, one more, one more back. One more. So in the left hand side, uh -huh. what are the top one? The top one is you see um, Krishna comes in his beautiful form, but there's, you see the donkeys on the bottom? Those are people making fun. Those are people making fun of Krishna when he comes, so they are like asses. They're compared to asses. Foolish, unintelligent people. Abhijananti Mamudha. Unintelligent people um, think I have assumed this human form. They do not know my form is eternal, I am eternal. So, yes, they, they say, oh, he's just a human like we are. He's just a human being. 15, and 15th verse? 15, yeah, that is, uh, those who worship Krishna indirectly. On the left side, top, we have somebody who's a jnani, he's worship, he wants, he's worshiping the oneness, the, the oneness. The middle one is a demigod worshiper, he's worshiping, uh, he's seeing uh, many forms instead of one. He thinks they're all God. He thinks all the demigods. At the bottom, is the, uh, the fish is, dolphin is actually a, for, a type of universal form, which is described in the Bhagavatam. The, um, so one who worships the universal form, uh, he's also worshiping indirectly. These are three ways uh, that to, to worship Krishna indirectly. Yeah. And the direct is Jagannath there, the devotees in the middle. Worshipping Lord Jagannath, offering obeisances. Yes? Um, so when Krishna says, can you preserve what you have and mm -hmm. what you lack? Yeah. Um, is there something in your experience you could share with us pertaining to that verse? Because I'm always confused by, uh -huh. I, mean, I understand that Krishna is there and he helps us, but specifically yeah. carrying. Yeah, well, one time I left my. Original Jalpa beats chanted on by Srila Prabhupada in the London airport <laughs> in security. <laughs> and, uh, and then I got them back. And of devotee, because uh, I was on my way to Ireland. In Ireland, we went online and did everything, the recovery, and they sent it to Ireland. And then 
because I don't have an address in Vrindavan. They brought it by hand. So he protected what I had. <laughs> my job will be, I hope he protects my computers too. Um, and he gives, he gives you what you lack. Sometimes, like I have to give a class, and I don't feel like I'm that prepared for it. And I could, and then when I'm giving the class, and I, so many things come in my mind. And sometimes people ask questions, and I get the answer, which I didn't really know before. <laughs> but the answer comes. So Krishna gives what you lack. He carries what you lack in that way. Also, if you, because we don't feel qualified to do our service sometimes. So that's all right. You just try and Krishna will help. He will carry what you lack. Any other? Yes. Which one? Um, chapter 9, 5, 3, the next slide. Which part, which? Part 3. The next part 3. Okay. Yeah, on the left side, it says, um, if you pray Shiva, you will attain Shiva, right? Yeah, yeah. So is there anything wrong with you know, praying Shiva than praying Krishna, they are all same? Uh, well, Krishna is the source of all the demigods that we learned in Chapter 7. So if you worship Lord Shiva, there is a problem that uh, he can certainly fulfill your desires, your material desires. But he cannot give you liberation. So if you worship Krishna, he can fulfill your desires and give you liberation too, and take you back to Godhead. Because even Lord Shiva has to die at the end of this uh, creation. All the demigods have to die. Shiva goes to the end of creation, but other ones, they die sooner. <laughs> Indra, after 14, after one Manu, uh, 72 yuga cycles, he has to die. So the problem is, but if you worship Lord Shiva to help in your service for Krishna, then that's correct worship. That's correct worship. Lord Shiva, please um, give me uh, your, your protection so I can serve Lord Krishna better. Please give me your protection. Uh, because he's, he's good in, in protecting. I know many people, in devotees in India, who were, used to worship Lord Shiva very nicely in their childhood. And, and then Lord Shiva brought them to Krishna. So, yes, we, we worship Lord Shiva by chanting the Brahma Samhita prayers that Lord Shiva is a subjective portion of Krishna in charge of destruction. So the gopis, they worshipped Durga, Katyayani, to get Krishna as their husband. And in Vrindavan, they worship Lord Shiva because he is the um, Chokidar for Vrindavan. He's, unless you uh, please him, you cannot get into Vrindavan. So there's his form as Gopishwar, where he actually joined, he's a Chokidar for the Raslila too. He took a female form and for Krishna's Raslila he stopped anyone who doesn't belong there. So same with Rindavan, he's a Chetrapala, he's, he's a bodyguard, he's a, 
He guarded the gate to Vrindavan. He's also our guru. He, he, there's Sampradaya, there's a Shiva Sampradaya, Ruta Sampradaya. And if you read in Bhagavatam, Canto 4, the Lord Shiva preaches pure devotional service uh, and he has prayers to Lord Krishna, which are very beautiful prayers, and you can sing those for protection. Chapter 24 of Canto 4. But wrong worship is to worship Shiva without Krishna. If you worship Shiva without connection to Krishna, then you will have to come back, you will have to go to Lord Shiva, his planet, in the material world. If you connect Lord Shiva with Krishna, then everything will be successful. Yes. So, any other questions? So, should we have, okay, we'll go to the next part, is that okay? Should we, or should we stop for a break? Five minutes break? Okay, five minutes break, come back by 11.30, and uh, we'll do the second part of Bhagavad Gita. We have this, this book that we're speaking on Bhagavad Gita at a glance, and uh, there's a picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita here. And if you want to keep the book, then you can come and see me after class. It's $20. <clears throat> Lectures at the VHG mm -hmm. um, some time ago, and I can't place where, but in one of those lectures, you were talking about how you taught your son how to chant. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know the process. I just, I just told him you have to. I told him you have because he was having nightmares. nightmares. Yeah. He and was so, being attacked. Yeah. And so I, I've always wondered if that's possible. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, we do. I do that. Yes. Sometimes in dreams, I get attacked, and I just chant and wake up, and yeah. it's finished. Because I guess my consciousness is so um, degraded in one sense that I, I don't think I can. You want one book? Do you autograph them to the Sure, sure. Yes. Okay. Maybe you can bless my pen also. Oh. <laughs> okay, you have to open this. I don't have good nails. <laughs> yeah. I don't have nails, but I think it's pretty. Thank so you. <laughs> We're so lucky to come and meet you. Yeah, I'm so happy you came. <laughs> now you have some uh, something to remember <laughs> with this book. So sorry. Oh, there's a CD, yeah, a CD Anna. Poster. I can say that. No, no, I'd say that it's precious. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what's your name? Pushpa. P U S H M A. P U S H M A. P U S H M A and Raj. Raj. And children. You want their names? No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, because it's too late, I already wrote children. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, let's see. I'll put a verse of Bhagavad Gita. Oh, thank you so much. Sorry, didn't mean to no, no, please. please. 
Yeah, it's important to keep chanting <laughs> as much as you can. Try to remember. That's that's how we remember Krishna. And chant before you sleep, and then maybe you can chant in your sleep. Thank you so much. Yeah. Would you be okay if I use some of these pictures that I teach about Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. I just put this here. Sorry. This I just have this cover point here. Okay. Yeah, right. We can do that. Yeah. Oh. Put it there on the side. Yeah. Oh, but I can't. Okay, we'll wait till later. after this. Is, yeah, because I can't interrupt this. Yeah. We'll do it on the other side. Um, yeah, after I finish this, then I can copy it. Cannot use the mouse? No. no. So this doesn't work? It's it works but not oh, for later. PowerPoint. Well not for PowerPoint? Yeah. yeah. I really can I try? I mean it yeah, works you can. In in PowerPoint, yes. In PowerPoint? Yeah, this is PowerPoint. You know how to get back there? <laughs> yeah, so you need to go. Yeah. Yeah, we just need to do it full screen. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know. Oh, I think this is going from key keynote. So what you're doing? Right? Yeah, this is keynote. This is not keynote. That's why I'm not used to keynote. I just use. This is a Mac. I don't know. Try that. I don't know. Did it work? No. You have to now. You you know how to put it back? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. See, that's why I don't want to. Who's just go here slideshow, I think. Where is that? Not sure. This now, now mouse is working, but it won't work. Anything in preferences? Uh, no. I see the girl who set it up, she got, or somebody did it for what me. Oh, I think it was Radha, Raja Radha. Um, <laughs> now we got a problem. No, 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 it's no, okay. You can still see the thing. You can see it, but it's pretty small. Keynote. Play. Play. Yeah, go on play. Yeah, it was play. It was play. Left side. Play. Play slideshow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. This data doesn't work. No, that works to go up and down. Up and down, yeah. Like this. But the mouse doesn't work, so that's why I have to tell, go here, go there. <laughs> okay, so we'll start now. It's been 10 minutes. Chapter 10, part 1.
So here we have uh, the left side. Hmm. I should stop and start.